As many of you know, uh, Melinda and I have spent the last few weeks traveling. We spent a fair amount of time in Cuba, mainly in Havana. It's a different place to travel. It's a place I've wanted to go for many years. And, um, and then we went from there to Mexico, and then from there we went to Belize. And it, fully expecting, uh, really it was a genuine vacation, something we don't have very often, uh, but true to form, the vacation was an enormous time of working with the Lord. And uh, those things will be reflected in this message, although this message has been really brewing in me since the uh, second, the first L of, uh, of the BELLS acronym we used. So this message is embracing the mystery of the Holy Spirit. Are you comfortable in the mystery? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the people that are here, the purpose that you have in play here. We know that you are with us in this today. Amen. I just, uh, about a week ago, started reading a book by Francis Chan called Forgotten God. Uh, it's a good book, and it was really reflecting some of the things the Lord was already putting in me. And this is something from his book. The Spirit led the first followers to do unexplainable things, to live lives that didn't make sense to the culture around them, and ultimately to spread the story of God's grace around the world. The Spirit led them to do unexplainable things that did not make sense to their culture. The Spirit of God led them to do unexplainable things. And they did not fit in to the culture. You see, when we read about the Holy Spirit, when we read about the role of the Holy Spirit, it reveals that the Holy Spirit enables, it empowers believers to do amazing things, to put sin to death, to overcome great obstacles, to see what is really in play in a moment, what's really happening. We'll give you some stories of that in a moment. You see, the trump card, the, the, the important piece of our ability to be the people of God at all is the Spirit at work in you and I. It's the Spirit at work in you and I. That is, that is the peace that will have to be there for us to be the people of God, for us to represent and be ambassadors of the kingdom. That will have to be there and be active. Through the Spirit, gifts were made available as needed in the moment. Knowledge was made available. Strength was made available. Faith was ready when needed. All of these things are on call. Maybe I cannot jump over a tall building right now, but if the moment comes when I need to, I will jump that tall building. It's the nature of God. So if we read and we believe these accounts, we would expect a great deal of the Holy Spirit. We would expect our new life in the Holy Spirit to look radically different from the old life without him. Does that make sense? If the Holy Spirit is at work and you read all the accounts of the Holy Spirit, I mean, you think about, we, I think the church sanitizes Jesus a little bit. You know, he, he did some miracles. He did some good things. He had some great teaching. 
But the truth is, if you remove the pieces that are difficult, if you remove the pieces where, you know, he did this, he did this, he said this, and all of these things were contrary to the moment, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to say much about him. You, you wouldn't be able to do much without the supernatural Jesus in play. You see, when we try to operate in the world as the person of Jesus, but we neuter and we take out anything that makes us questionable, anything that makes us different, anything that's unexplainable, then we are just the world. We just look the same. And it's that difference that makes the difference. Does that make sense? It's the difference that makes the difference. Chan uses this example. If I told you, this is him speaking, if I told you that I had this supernatural encounter with God and I was empowered to play, to play basketball, I mean incredible basketball. Now, if you heard that and you believed it, would you want him on your team? Sure, I would. I don't even care how tall he is or how fast he is. I want to see God at work. I really don't care about Francis Chan. Now, if he gets out on the court and he can't jump and he can't run, he can't shoot, you go, I don't know what kind of encounter you had or who you had it with, but I don't think it was with God for basketball. Maybe something different. Maybe you encountered something else. Maybe it was something you ate. I don't know what it is. But let me tell you, God is not helping you in basketball. You see, no matter what we label ourselves, if, if there is no game, there's no story. Put it another way. If the Holy Spirit is more than just being a good person, if it empowers greater things than that, the unexplainable things, then if the Holy Spirit were removed... From the church right now, if all the people in the church, would we look different than we did yesterday? Is the, is the spirit operating in such a way in the church at large that the church would look drastically different if the works of the spirit were removed? Or would it look very similar to how it looked? Ironically, the Holy Spirit is probably one of the greatest controversies in the church and has been for hundreds of years. There have been church splits. There have been crimes committed. There have been people burned at the stake. All kinds of things have happened because of the Spirit. That's how controversial it is. That's how there's great division there are those that say, if you speak in tongues or you move in miracles, then it's, it's a devil. There are those who want to sequester themselves in the Scripture, and I'm going to stick with the Bible. I'm going to stick with the Scripture because we know this is solid, this is true, this can be trusted. Jesus didn't even own a Bible, nor did any of the apostles. And they, without reservation, said they were moving in the Spirit. That the Spirit was the one 
who was telling them what to do and how to do it. We met with the Vineyard Church, La Vina, in, uh, in the Havana area. The pastor is, how old is he? 27. He's 27 years old. His wife is like a year older than him. He cuts hair for a living. He's a hairstylist. So is she. He has no training. When you look at his bookshelf, he has no books. He doesn't have 13 versions of the Bible like I do. He doesn't have any of that stuff. And when we began to talk about the Lord, when we began to talk about the kingdom of God, here's what he said to me. I, I'd like to hear what you have to say. And then I'm going to tell you what I have to say. I said, really? Where did you learn? How did you get this knowledge? He said, the Spirit taught us. And you know, he was not apologetic. He was not intimidated by the fact that I probably have 2,000 Christian books. He was not intimidated that I have a little bit of formal education in ministry. What he was saying is, you come to the table and I'll come to the table and I'm going to tell you what the Spirit says. That's pretty bold, isn't it? I'm twice his age. I've been in ministry longer than he's been alive. And when he spoke and when he shared what the Spirit had shared with them, it was amazing. It was like we were all soulmates. And I marveled at how the Spirit can do a better job of training than my 2,000 books and all my years and all the people who have invested in me. You see, he doesn't have all that stuff, but he has the Holy Spirit. And he gives the Spirit that voice. There are many excesses that take place, many abuses in the place where the Spirit is at work, or people claim that the Spirit is at work. It's true. There are, there are messes in the church because of the work of the Spirit. And, and we can throw the Spirit out because of that, because we want to clean it all up. We want it tidy. We want it nice. This person said they heard a prophecy, and I think they're just meddling. That might be true. Either one of those might be true. I'll tell you what, let's throw the spirit out. Then we won't have to worry about whether that person is meddling. But you see, there are just as many atrocities that are created with the Bible itself. I, I, I said this in, in Cuba, and it strikes me as being worthy of repeating. The Bible without the spirit, to take the Bible and use it without the spirit is dangerous. It is dangerous. You can look at the Spanish Inquisition where they tortured people to death. They did it with the Bible. You see, we'd have to throw the Bible out too. 
says, love bears all things, trusts all things, believes all things. The scripture also says, don't give the pearls to the swine. And you see, depending on my mood, I can use one of those to judge you. I can use anything I want, can't I? It's the Bible. But you see, without the Spirit, it's just another weapon I can't handle. It's as controversial as the Spirit itself. You see, to be the people of God, we have to step into that controversy. We have to be willing to say, the Spirit is something I cannot manage, control, or handle. It was not created to be handled, managed, and controlled by me. It was sent to control, manage, and handle me. That's the difference. That's what we don't like about it. You see, the Spirit will wake you up in the middle of the night and give you something to do. You ever woken up in the middle of the night and your eyes go, they're wide open. And you go... Oh, man, it's two more hours. I really wish I could get back to sleep. I really want to go back to sleep. You try to force your eyes closed. What if that's the spirit saying, there's stuff to do. Get up. But I want to sleep. I know. Get up. That's the spirit. You see, it's not that way with most people. We don't live that life. For the same reason we don't think we need the Holy Spirit, we don't think the Holy Spirit can act, or we don't have any expectations, and if we do, they're kind of misguided. You see, we have talents, we had gifts, experience, education. We have all the things it takes to make us successful. You see, I... I, I want to be self-contained. I want to have control. I want my life to be something I'm managing. And I would love for God just to give me more stuff so I can continue to do that better. But what if that was not God's design? What if his design was always that he, through the death and resurrection, would send his spirit and his spirit would operate as his voice and his heart, as he is called Lord of your life. Lord of your life. I find churches can be the same way. We can be successful in the world's count. We can, we can do things. We can offer lots of God things. But you see... The church that is really operating in the Spirit is just a place where the people operate in the Spirit. A church doesn't operate in the Spirit. The people operate in the Spirit. So when you go out there, and I go over here, no matter where we go, the church has gone out there. The Spirit of God is there. Wherever it is, in that moment, in that place, it is in play. And you have to go with the confidence of Camilo, our friend in Cuba, the Lord, through the Spirit, has given me things to say and do. There's 
So the great surrender. Many of us know we surrender our agenda, our plans, our dreams, our life. I'm going to give you three more. Now you're going to surrender your knowledge, your understanding, and your control. And here's why. They won't be enough. That's the problem. It's not that you have to go stupid. It's just that you have to open up because you will have to have more of those in order to operate in the Spirit. I have been um, challenging myself, working hard to listen to the Spirit. A, I have to believe I can hear the Spirit. And, um, and I've stopped saying I can't hear. Um, if I really can't hear, then God messed up. But I, I can hear. Maybe my hearing is not what it could be. Uh, maybe I have ways that I need to grow in that. But it's not different than I'm in Cuba, and, and their Spanish is different than the Spanish I know. I'm already Spanish-challenged. And, and we're, I'm having this conversation with Camilo, and we're, we're having to pull everything out, hand signals and all kinds of things. And so I was trying to remember how to say carrot. I still can't remember. Zororo or Zanahoria. I never can remember. That's a hard word. Carrot is easier, isn't it? spoken like a, a gringo. But anyway, so I, I couldn't remember the word. I think I said, I said something with a Z. I always know it starts with a Z, but I, I wasn't close. So he's, he's working with me. All right, we're trying to figure it out. This is what we do with the Spirit. I mean, this is how we have to do it. We have to work sometimes to get it. And so... So we're trying to work on this idea of carrot, and we're going back and forth and back and forth, and he's talking to me in Spanish, and I'm talking to him in English, and it's all crashing in the middle, you know. And, and finally, I said, no, it's like this. And, and then I said, what's up, Doc? And he got it. <laughs> How does he know that line? He's like 27 years old, living in Cuba. He got it. Oh, and he knew I was talking about the carrot. You see, it was, it was work. But it was relational. And, and we bonded so much over those kinds of things. We can hear. As I have pursued listening to the Lord, I have made that my purpose. When I'm walking down the street, no matter what I'm doing, and I feel like the Lord has activated that, moved in that. And uh, when we were in Belize, uh, we went, I went with Lee. We visited with Lee and Leslie. He said, why don't you come with me? We're going to take the trash out. And what that means is you get the trash, you load it in the truck, you take it to the hardware store, and you drop off the garbage can. So we did. And he had some business to do with the guy who runs the hardware store. So, uh, so he says, come on in. And he says, now he's probably going to say things that are inappropriate, but I know you can handle that. I said, yep, I can. So we go in. There's small talk and banter between these two. And, and I feel like the Lord is speaking. 
And no, 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 I want to change that. I know the Lord is speaking. That's a better statement. It's a more accurate I know the Lord is speaking. Now, let me ask you, is that supernatural? Yes, it is. We have just gone supernatural right now. He is speaking to me things I do not know about this man. Now, in that moment, I know it's in play. This is a moment. And, and so I can, the way I used to be is, you know, a little more intimidated. I think it's the Lord. This time, I, I just said it. You know, I said what the Lord was giving me to say. And, and this guy was caught off guard. And he's a smart guy. And he's uh, very educated, actually. And so he gives me his life story in about one minute. I mean, a good job, a concise story of his life, which is a complicated life. And I felt like the Lord gave me something else to say. And then he would try to counter with something. The Lord would immediately give me something else to say. And then he said something kind of jokingly to break the intensity. And, and I brushed it off. I said, no, you're just saying that to kind of break this up because you're afraid of where this is going. And he looks at me and he had this, you know, um, price sheet like thing. And he threw it down. And he said, have you been talking to Martha? <laughs> I don't know Martha. You've been talking to Martha. And then he looks to Lee. He's been talking to Martha. Have you been talking to him? Who's been talking to him? You see? That's unexplainable. It was the Spirit. The Spirit was sharing very specific things. I said, I haven't been talking to Martha. This went on. I mean, the Lord, it was just one right after another. Finally, his son has stopped working. He's watching this go on. And he's pacing, this guy is. And, and uh, so he finally, he tells his son, go get Martha. Go get her right now. So he have you been talking to him? She looks at me like, I don't know this guy. So anyway, it goes on, but she gets it. She starts hearing what the Lord is delivering. She gets it. So she kind of jumps on my side. And, and this guy is, is shut down by what God is doing. And then the Lord gave me a word for him because he tried to just kind of slowly back out of the whole thing. And I said, it was about him being in a hardware store in the middle of nowhere. And I said, you're frustrated because you're a hero and you're not on your job. And he said, how long are you going to be here? I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. He said, that won't work. I said, for a conversation with you, I will come back. So now I have to go back to Belize. I'm saying, now, you know, did we walk on water? Did we raise the dead? No, didn't need to walk on water. There was no water. 
And there weren't any dead that were obviously visible to me in the moment. But what there was is the Spirit was at work supernaturally. And that is supernatural. That's what it looks like in an everyday life. You have been sent by God and the Spirit was sent. And the Spirit empowers the purpose, it qualifies you, and equips you to be you in this world, in this time. It's not the church who qualifies you or equips you. It is the Spirit. doesn't mean the church can't participate in those things. It means that it's the work of the Spirit. And for us to participate in that way with people is to participate in what the Spirit is doing. Acts 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the earth. You see, there's the purpose. I am living to tell the story, the equipping. You see, the equipping is you will receive power to do this. You will be equipped to do this. You see how they have to go together? You see how separating those is the folly of man? 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Do you hear the qualification there? You're qualified to do this. You're qualified because why? Because the old is gone and the new has come. It says we see the world differently. We don't see people the way we used to see them. How can that work? Only when the spirit in the moment is challenging the way you see people. When I see someone, I go, you know, this person is rubbing me the wrong way, making me crazy. And the spirit immediately interjects. That's not what's going on here, Bill. That was supernatural right there. And it's calling me in a different direction. I need to see the world differently. And I need to allow the Spirit to make me different. Moving on in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's purpose. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He has equipped you with that message. He's equipped you with it. Not so you can be a good person, but so that in the moment the power of the Spirit enables you to give life to someone else. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as through God, as though God were making his appeal through us. We employ you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And the final verse in that piece, chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us 
so that we might become the righteousness of God. Is that how you see yourself? You see, that's the qualification. We're the righteousness of God. I have to get comfortable with knowing that and saying that I am the righteousness of God. Do you know you need to be comfortable with that? You're not some, just some churchgoer. You are the righteousness of God. And that's what he wants on display in the world. People who undoubtedly walk with him. How different is life with the Spirit for you? How different is your engagement in the world because of the Spirit? The Scripture talks so differently about who we are in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, His plan that, we, uh, that was previously hidden, even though He made it uh, for our ultimate glory before the world began. That is what the scripture means when it says, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. How many times I've heard that verse? And almost every time I've heard it, it's been about heaven. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, every blessing that God has prepared for me. This is not the context. The context is right now. The context is these things cannot be imagined what God can and will do through you and me. Do you know what it's like to stand in confidence before a stranger and in the love and the grace of God speak boldly truths that God has given It was one of the highlights of my trip. I mean, I was swimming in the Caribbean with amazing friends, but it pales compared to connecting with God for the purpose of God. It was just electric. I, I loved it. I want to do it every day. It's an addiction. <laughs> but it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows God, shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Who talks like this? It's saying that no one can know God's mind, his heart, his says his spirit. And that spirit was given to you and I that we would know his heart. That we would be connected in that way with the Father. But we tell you these things. We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words to, given to us by the Spirit. 
using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Hear how this is talking about a whole different way of living. Many of us are just uncomfortable with that. It gives up too much control. I think we're done here. Chan writes, the church becomes irrelevant when it becomes purely a human creation. You hear that? The church is no longer relevant. No matter how beautiful or perfect or wonderful it is, We are not all we were made to be when everything in our lives and churches can be explained apart from the work and the presence of the Spirit of God. Perhaps it's not theology we are missing, but rather theological integrity. Many have the knowledge but lack the courage to admit the discrepancy between what we know and how we live. I read something the other day it said, we know more about the Holy Spirit than they did in the first century. We have more books. We have studied over centuries. We have gleaned every word. We could do a much better job of writing it out. But they lived it. So we don't have a knowledge issue. I long for this church, when I say this church, a church that embraces the work of the Spirit. That we're listening and we're working to hear what they're hearing. When I watch the people in Colombia, I mean in Cuba, I watch how they pray. I watch how people, a man got out of his wheelchair and walked away from his wheelchair. This is a church that's half the size of this room and twice the number of people. And there's no air conditioning. And it's hot. And when it's over, they don't leave. They're hungry. They're committed. Have we got that clip available? We're going to show you just this little clip of the worship. <laughs> Y 
They did. <laughs> you have the Spirit of Christ in you if you have received Jesus. The Spirit of Christ is in you. And it's in you to change the world, not to be a good Christian. Wherever you go, whoever you're around, the Spirit is at work. And on this trip, it was one God encounter after another. And then when I got back, it continued here. God encounters, God moments. They're not for me, they're for everybody who believes. So that, that is our reality. That's the church. And the people in Cuba, at least this small group of people, I'm amazed at what they know and how they move. And they don't have anything except the Spirit. So if you would stand. <clears throat>